This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is a program called Suicide Support in the Aftermath, and it's my pleasure, as always, to have in the studio in the hot seat, the second time, or fourth time this year. Can you believe it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We've got Warren Brown from Staros, and uh, boy, the year's slipping away already. It certainly is. Yeah, I was just messaging someone before and said, Happy New Year, although that seems like a yes, when does <laughs> distant run, memory. When it? does that run out? When can you not say that? <laughs> well, that's true, don't you? That's, that's, that's very true. Anyway, we're here to talk about uh, suicide and uh, supporting people who have been uh, affected by it somewhere along the line. Uh, but before we get there, just some other listeners, uh, Staros, what are you guys all about? Yeah, sure. We're a, as, as you said, we, we support people who have been affected by suicide. Uh, we started up in, in, in uh, Hawke's Bay here in 2012. Actually, this year is our 10th year. We're birthday this mm-hmm. year. So. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, so we've been going 10 years as far as the support side of it goes. And as, at, alongside that, we're also a trust that we, we became a trust about five years ago as well. And the trust allows us to, um, you know, promote well-being events, you know, mm. for, pe- for our people in our community. Because, I mean, it's we're always going to be supporting people who have who've lost someone, unfortunately. But the other side of that is we want to promote people being well and, yes, and looking after each other and looking after themselves so that you know it, it reduces the amount of people we see I suppose yeah. yeah. Now, I don't suppose too many people think about suicide very often and uh, when you talk the actual numbers uh, between six and seven hundred and you might think oh well that's a lot but it's not really a lot but then when you extrapolate that figure out of who's been affected by suicide it ends up being thousands doesn't it? It does because I mean people have had a had a stab at how many people are actually affected. Mm. Um, I, I don't believe you can do that. No, you know, you know whether it's because you think of immediate family, friends, yep. workmates, people you work with, people you play sport with, mm-hmm. all those sort of things. You know, you could be out between thirty and a hundred people who yeah. are directly affected by that person going. Yeah, that ripple effect, and uh, so. What's what's the answer? You know, I'm going to ask you that question yeah, every time we talk. Absolutely. What, what, yeah. what is the answer to um, number one, reducing the um, the suicide rate, or helping people get through that tragic event? And it's easier to say, "Oh, well, time heals everything." It's not the case, is it? No, that's that's exactly right. Um, I, over actually over Christmas, I I heard a um, I listened to a, a pod. It was a TED talk actually. Mm-hmm. And this, this American lady, I think, can't quite remember her name, but um, and she spoke about grief and how we actually don't get through it; we actually move along with it. Mm. And I've, I've, that's very much along my thinking as well. You know, we do move with it, you know, because that changes grief. It you know it doesn't go away, no. but the effects of it you know changes each day, each week, each month, and and can affect us all differently in, at certain times. Do you find that you put your grief in a box at some stage, but it's not a very good lid and sometimes it pops out? Is that how you get by? Or 
Yeah, I mean, for me, I've, I've always said all along that I, uh, I've put mine in the garage. I, I said I park it. Mm. But, and when, it, when I'm having a rough day, I realise that it's, it's coming out of the garage, so to speak. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a simple analogy for me, but that, that's, uh, that's how I work with it. Yeah. Because, as I said, it won't go away. No. And if you try and suppress it and push it down, then all you're doing is, is you know, creating bigger problems down the track. Is that grief that you experienced um, from the suicide of your son, is that the catalyst for other things in your life? I mean, does it make the other things ten times worse than what they might have been otherwise? Well, I think it, for me it's, it has the opposite. You know, after, after that initial, that raw, that raw grief at the start mm. and wondering what was going on with all that stuff. I mean, for me now, it's sort of changed my perspective on, on everything in life. I mean, what else could be as bad as losing, losing your son to suicide? Nothing could be um, as bad. Yeah, and so a lot of things that maybe did upset me yeah. before or put me on ease before, I, I just um, let them go. Yeah. Did it put your life into perspective, your own life? Absolutely, it did. I mean, for Staris started because I needed another mum who'd lost her son as well. And so Staris is, is all of a, you know, it's a legacy in their name, really. Mm. Because as, as much as it was a traumatic and terrible event to happen to us, what it's done for us is, is allowed us to support others who may be going through that. And and if you like maybe just soften the soften the blow of the journey that they're in for mm. are people surprised when um, they come to see you that there are so many people that have been affected I suppose when it first happens to you you're probably in a cocoon thinking yeah, why me why this family oh yeah absolutely you, you just yeah. and obviously before I'd, I lived my life in a I'd, I considered it a bubble Yes, you know, I, I functioned within the bubble and and just sort of watched the watched the world, you know, carrying on mm-hmm. outside of that. You know, you get that initial rush of people who want to support yes. you and be around you and help you and everything, and then they all go back and with they their move lives on. and yeah. carry on, and you know, because it's how can they possibly be affected the same way as you are? But Is it hard to take when they did that? Oh, I I, I think for me, I, I looked at it initially and thought, well. You know, do they care anymore or, or whatever? But you know, they, they did this. They always support you. They always mm. care about you. But again, how can they possibly be in that space? You are no. because they can't. Because they've never walked the walk. No, and and for me, you know, I'd, I'd never even. I don't think I'd even heard of suicide before. No, it had happened to me, and and unfortunately, when it knocks on your door, that's. That's when it comes raging, isn't it? All guns blazing at you. It is one of those topics, and it's a bit like uh, the program that I just did before you arrived here. I spoke with uh, Judy from the Women's Refuge, and we talked about family violence. And uh, except we don't talk about family violence, we talk about it on shows like this, like you and I talking about this, and it's it's second nature to me now to talk about it, uh, only because of you. Um, But uh, it's the same with family violence. That it's one of those topics that no one goes home tonight and says, "Oh, let's talk about uh, you know Ken bashing up this or Warren doing that." That's right. We just don't do that because we don't want to know. And it's the same with suicide. No one goes home and says, "Oh, let's talk about suicide tonight." So 
again, you know, you've said it a hundred times, and I've agreed with you that we need to talk about it, but how do you get it out there? Like family violence, how do you start talking about that to minimise the effects of it? It's difficult, eh, because people don't, you know, they don't want to talk about it or have a discussion about, you know, Mr A and Mrs B. Mm, exactly. Because, you know, on at, at, you know some part of it they're afraid of, you know, what might happen if, if you know, they, they get involved in it. You know, they're scared of the consequences yeah. and or potential consequences of, you know, what if they tell me stuff that I have no idea what to do with. Are they frightened also of maybe the fact that if you're talking about it, they might encourage you to do it? Yeah, I saw I mean, that's all those things are, you know, societal views that have been yeah. passed down for years, isn't it? You know, upon us for years. And I think all we're trying to do is to, to try and change those sort of views, you know, those, those views that have been stuck there for ever and ever a day because no one's challenged them, mm. I suppose. As an organisation, are you worried that uh, particularly at the time that we're going through now, you know, for the last couple of years or more uh, with COVID, that more and more people are becoming more and more depressed? As an organisation, are you worried that suicide is going to be, become much more prevalent? Oh, it's definitely a worry. I, I mean, the the C word, which I hate talking about the C word yes. anyway, you know, because everyone talks about it. Yeah, <laughs> and it's on everyone's mind all the time. It, it is on everyone's mind, but this, the enhanced challenges and stresses that it's put us under. Yeah, I don't believe we're actually going to see the real impact of what's been happening to us. For a couple of years yet, but is it one of those things that if you don't talk about it, a bit like suicide, a bit like family violence? I mean, you don't have to talk about it to know it's going through your head. That I mean, from when you when you finish this interview, you're going to put your mask on. When you go to the supermarket, you're going to put your mask on. When you go and get the petrol for your car, you're going to put your mask on. You're thinking about COVID every single blooming minute of the day, aren't you? Well, yeah, I try to steer clear from it. Yeah. I mean, even even this. I mean, I'm in the space. 24-7 mm, yes. but I don't have to talk about it 24-7 no. I mean it's always going to be there and but you know to constantly go on and you know try and see how many numbers we oh, had yeah, today and crazy. things like that I mean I don't see how that benefits anyone really so putting your head in the sand me putting yeah. oh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe so no I, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't no I don't I, do, I understand the you know, from the from the from day one, I understand those restrictions we had and all those sort of yeah. things. You know, it was about you know looking after ourselves, looking after each other, and and to an extent, that's what it is now. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have to be told no, every second about what I what I should be doing or whether I'm doing something right or wrong or anything. Well, the great thing about you is that you've approached it from a common sense uh, attitude, and uh, you've consciously not watching the news that's right and i go along with you who wants to watch the news you know uh, every time you turn the radio on like you say it's numbers 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 you know put magic on uh if you want to listen to some good music uh or go onto a website and watch a funny video or go for a walk but uh if you're listening to um, public radio or watching the telly you're guaranteed that somewhere along the line every half hour or so you're going to be reminded of it aren't you 
oh yeah and our, and our star epidemiologist or whatever yeah. they've all of a sudden become who are chucking out numbers for the yeah. for this modeling thing and they're saying we have tens of tens of thousands you know of cases by the end of the week and, and that's frightening isn't it how how how, how how helpful is that for yeah, people? It's not. I it mean, have, what about if someone come out and said, oh, we're going to have 10,000 people die by suicide this yeah, week? that's right. How would that go? Yeah. Not very well. <laughs> no. But it is that fear factor that uh, more and more people are fearful because of, like you say, those numbers being bantering around, that they're the worst-case possible scenarios, not the reality. That's right. But how do you check out of that reality and uh, be like you, someone who's a, you know, a bit nervy about the whole thing and think, gee... It's not, not as easy as what you're making it out to be. I think you, 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 we need to find those good things that are actually happening. Yes, indeed. I, I was sitting, you know, in the green, should we call it the yeah, green room? Call it the, the green room, yeah. Call it the green room uh, before you come out. And, and this adorable lady wandered in on a, mm. on a walker. She does one of your programs and things like that. And she says the lifts aren't working. Kelly says, "Yep, that's right. The, we have a problem with the lifts or something at the moment." She says, "How? How did you get up?" She saw this delightful young chap down there. Saw she was struggling a bit, and he offered to lift, carry her wow. up the stairs. How good is that? Yeah, and she said, oh, "I'm quite quite happy to walk up," but mm. he actually carried her walker up for him and good stuff on. like that. I mean, those sort of things. You don't, you won't hear that on the news tonight. You will not. Hey, and those sort of we, we need to. F- Focus as much on those good things that do happen. I remember uh, a couple of years ago, was might have been longer because you know how time flies, that uh, everyone spoke about random acts of kindness. Remember there? Absolutely. And um, what happened to those? Oh, we still do them. Do we? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it needs to get more coverage. Yeah. Oh, well, that's right. Yeah. And I really... We, um, I, I often call into Redbridge Coffee. Mm. Um, when I go for a ride and stuff like that. Poor excuse to have a rest, really. But anyway, <laughs> I do that. And, you know, we we get on well with them and, uh, and the owners and everything. And we said, look, we want to, towards the end, you know, it was right at the end of the year. And I said, well, how about early in the year? Wouldn't it be great for people with everything going on? Um, so we give them free coffee. So we, we pay for 20 free coffees. Mm. But they got a card with it. Mm. And inside the card it said, um, kindness is a gift we can all afford to mm. give, pass it on. And as well as the card, they had a $20 voucher. Mm. And our, our wish is that people get a smile out of that. Mm. You know, it, may, it changes how they may have been thinking for the day, to start the day. Yeah, what a great but idea. how about of that $20 if they said to someone, oh, look, I just got this, have, have it a boy a coffee or something. Yeah. Those sort of things. Wouldn't that be good? Yeah. Is that so to you? Has it happened to me? Yeah, I mean, um, I know you're a, you're a, you're a giver. I know you're a giver, but have you received a random act of kindness? Oh, I think I'll have. Yeah, yeah. It's, I can it, see you thinking about it. You're thinking about it. No, <laughs> yeah, I think I have. But yeah, no, you're dead right. I mean, if we had a society that was more like that, what a great place it would be. Yeah, I mean, stuff doesn't have to be big and, and grand and does not and cost a lot of money or anything like that. A, a, an act of kindness is exactly that yeah. an act of kindness could Whether be an apple or a lolly smiling at someone yeah you know, you know we've said it before as well these people in the supermarket who are 
there all day. Mm. They must get some really unfortunate oh. characters who turn up there sometimes. Oh, my heart goes out to those people, and they're doing a marvellous job, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, so I'd, I'd try and, you know, smile and just ask them how they are and mm. have a little bit of a chat, Yeah, well, you know, while they're, while they're doing their stuff. So. Like you've said a thousand times, uh, the nice thing that you say to someone could be the only thing that someone said to them all day. That's right. Yeah, imagine living like that, that you're hanging out for someone to say good day to you while they're walking down the street. Why um, wouldn't you? And, and imagine how that feels for a person. They say, oh, that, that was actually lovely. You know, mm. you, you know, that warm, fuzzy stuff and those things exist, yeah. you know. You know, it's, it's not a bad thing to do to be a, to be a, a good human. Yeah. Well, you know, you probably wear that. I wear awesome shoes. I you do, awesome mate. shoes on today. But it's stunning, it's, mate. It's always great when someone says, those shoes are awesome. You think, oh, you, you physically sit up or stand up a bit straighter, you know. And I always try to, to be nice to someone and say, well, you know, whatever could be, I don't know. That jacket's marvellous. Yeah. Cost me nothing to say that. Absolutely. And that makes and them feel good. That's the key to all of that stuff. A lot of most good things do cost nothing. Yeah, indeed. Crikey, we're almost coming to uh, three quarters of the way through the program. We haven't even started talking about what you wanted to talk about, which was um, some plans that you got coming up uh, early this uh, year uh, about how you're going to promote what you do. And one thing that I really like that you got coming up is uh, Rob Macaraka's coming back. He is, yeah. Uh, um, he's, a, he's a good man uh, spreading... Oh, as he says, he spreads aroha and, yes. and love, and, and getting people. His 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 key is for not having people take their own life. Yeah, and for anyone who isn't aware of Rob Makaraka, he, he is uh, tied in with uh, Warren because uh, he has got this marvelous story. Well, it's not marvelous; it's an awful story, really. He tried to commit suicide by cop. He did. Yeah. He got the cops to actually shoot him. He did, and he survived, and it turned his life around. Tell us what happened to him after that. Yeah, well, Rob's an actor from from Parsons. Um, he's done a few things over 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 his time. He was in the Maori Sidesteps as well. Mm. It's a little little music group you'd have probably heard of. Ken. I'm old enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as he was laying in hospital recovering from from his injury and his and his had a, he was just laying there with all his stomach open and everything. He decided that you know, the minute he was shot, he he says himself. He'd, he'd done the wrong thing mm. so he decided he wanted to let people know that it was you know how you could help yourself to move through like a depression or a, a bad period mm. in your life and things like that so he created this one man show called Shot Bro mm. Confessions of a Depressed Bullet and the show goes through his story of of from different two different points of view, from from him and then from the bullet. Yes, you know, it's 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 quite a quite a classy act actually. But yeah, he's and he and it's pretty full on at times. He calls it funny, dark, real. Yeah, but it gives people who may be sitting in the audience just an insight into what is possible. You know, you don't have to be in that space where you are all the time mm. because you can can move through it as I talked about it before did he have an epiphany so you know he gets shot and he thinks jeez wish I hadn't done that like obviously he wished that um, but was it a turning point or is, does he still have dark times or does he come through the other side and he's sort of 
well on the way to oh, road you, to recovery. You told him, no, I don't think anyone's over that stuff. No. And he talks about that himself. What Rob does have is um, more tools in his tool belt mm. to to manage those. And he has people he can call. He's got his, his tight three, he calls them. Mm. And at any time, night or day, he can call one of those people if he's not feeling great. And they'll help him talk talk mm. with him. And, and that's how he handles what he's going through. I suppose in a way, depression or severe depression like uh, Rob went through, it's a bit like being an alcoholic or being a drug addict you're just one uh, incident away from being decked down a dark hole well yeah but I, again like all of those situations I think it's it, it's about having access to you know tools and options mm. that, that are going to help you because I'm sure nobody wants to be there no of and, course not but Rob yeah so we've we've been bringing him here for the past four years it'll be five years this year yeah and we'll do two public shows and we try and do a private show for a for a business or a corporate or something mm-hmm. as well um, but yeah that that's going to be the week after anzac yeah, that's good so yeah and they're generally free aren't they or and uh, yeah they, they'll always be bit free of a koha. uh koha if if you if you want yeah yeah by all means yeah but um it, it's about having the stuff accessible for as many people as possible too right tell us about uh, the grassroots thing that's coming up too yeah yeah we what we also have been doing the last two or three years is we run a uh, grassroots day which is a, a day where we bring people in to speak about what they've struggles they've had in life and how they've managed them then how they manage them now and the tools they use to to remain in a good space and these people have been some and through some horrendous stuff mm. but where they are now you you wouldn't believe it because they're the most positive people you could ever talk to well so yeah um it's going to be a mini we call it a mini one this year there'll be three speakers uh we're going to kick it off uh it'll, we, we're going to do mini ones because we want to run three or we not three we want to run more of those this year than mm. than maybe a big one so uh the first one will be at the the week after well the Saturday after Rob shows, mm-hmm. and there'll be uh, three local speakers who are absolute awesome people as well. Do you find that people might be a bit nervy about coming along? That uh, people might look and say, "Oh, what a ways going in there." Oh yeah, but do you worry about what other nah, people I think? I don't care. Look, the, the good thing about getting old, to be quite honest, and <laughs> I've sort of become a bit blunt about it, uh, is that you don't care really. You know, if, you know, if someone doesn't like your groovy winkle pickers or whatever you're doing. That's their problem, isn't it? It's exactly their problem. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think that's what we tend, again, we, you brought up and you tend to worry about yeah. so much about what other people think of you and how you look, about it. what they think you look like. Who, who really cares who about care? that? We, we all have think. an opinion. Yeah. Um, but the other side is that and it's important to respect others' opinion as well. Yeah, too right. All right, just about done. Um, just remind our listeners, we want to come and talk to you or anyone from Staros, because you've got two places now, uh, you, you've grown. It used <laughs> to be growing. one place, but now you've got two We're places. very fortunate <laughs> to, to have the use of three facilities yes. in, the, in the Hawke's Bay. We've got, we got one in Napier, one in Hastings, and one in Havelock North. So, And we alternate those for our support group meetings, so every week will be in a one of the different meeting, different venues mm-hmm. so yeah we're very fortunate to have those yeah and is it meeting by appointment only or can you just bowl up 
Um, we asked well, people contact first, and, and we actually offer to meet them. A um, couple of reasons around that. It gives them an opportunity to meet us, ask us any questions they have about us or the mm-hmm. group, and it also gives them a face to recognise should they want to come along yeah. to, to one of the meetings because that's quite a daunting experience to wander into that. It's a bit like AA where you sit down and say, hi, my name is Ken and my son committed suicide. Is it like that at all or is it just... Uh, you can... It's, it, we run it very informally. It's there's no real structure to it. Mm. Um, people just talk about, you know, what's happening, been happening for them. You know, what's been happening with you know last week, and yeah. generally that may may bring something up. You know, something may have happened that you know may have triggered the way they're feeling, or have, you know, might have brought something up that relates to the person they've lost. So. I suppose the good thing about it is that uh, one of the many good things about it is that. Uh, it's a safe place to come, but everyone who's there has walked the walk. That's right. Yeah, yeah. A safe, a safe environment to share whatever you want to share, mm. um, whether that's your story, your emotions, anything. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's it's about people there have an understanding of what you're going through. Mm. Obviously, we don't, you know, we don't know their grief, or people don't know my grief, but we have an understanding of that grief. Yep. And they're all different. And they're all different. Yeah, yeah. And, and I get asked that quite often. And I say, well, how, do, how do you how do you do that all the time? And I just say, well, it's not my story. Mm. Yeah. How good is that? Good on you, Warren. My pleasure as always. Uh, look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks' time. Absolutely. Great to be here. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.